Welcome to the Danny Picard Show on the Podcast One Network, Monday, September 30th, 2019, from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to all of week four in the NFL, including the Patriots' 16-10 win over the Bills in Buffalo. Some people here in New England, of course, all week long are going to panic about the Patriots' offense. I will tell you why I will not be one of those people panicking about the Patriots' offense. Uh, But the Patriots' defense did allow a touchdown, the first touchdown allowed since last year's AFC Championship game. Not as a team. They let up a touchdown, a couple touchdowns last week against the Jets, but the defense didn't let up a touchdown in that game. This is the first touchdown the Patriots' defense allowed since last year's AFC Championship against Kansas City, but I will talk about all of week four in the NFL. And postseason baseball begins this week. We got the wild card games beginning tomorrow on Tuesday. I will tell you who's going to win the World Series. I did make a preseason World Series prediction. And the two teams that I predicted would be in the World Series this year, they're both in the postseason. But I am going to change my World Series pick right now. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. I don't feel comfortable with it. I'm going to change it. That's just the way this thing works. You're asking me to make predictions, or maybe you're not asking me to make predictions. Whatever you're asking me to do, I'm going to give a prediction, a new prediction. We will have a new World Series champion. As you know, the Red Sox are not in the postseason, uh, but I have a new World Series championship prediction that I will give at the end of the show. All of it today presented by Bet Online. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag using promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. BetOnline.ag. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. And you can play for free this Sunday in the $1.5 million play action contest for week five in the NFL. $1.5 million in total prizes. $100,000 going to first place. And sign up right now to play for free in that contest by using promo code PICK, P-I-C, promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. So uh, I'm not going to get into Red Sox offseason stuff today. I know that Red Sox players talked to the media uh, yesterday on Sunday after their final game of the regular season. And, you know, there were some interesting things that were said uh, by Mookie Betts by other Red Sox players about Mookie Betts, and and we're all wondering what Mookie Betts' future is going to be in the Red Sox organization. I'm not going to do that until tomorrow on Tuesday. I'll do the Red Sox stuff on my live stream, my new weekly live stream, which is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. It's called DPS Live, Danny Picard Show Live, and it is live streaming on YouTube and Twitch. So tomorrow on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Danny Picard, or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Danny Picard. And I will be taking your phone calls. We'll be screening your calls. We'll be taking your calls. I want to know tomorrow what you think the Red Sox should do with Mookie Betts. Okay, so tune in. Subscribe right now or hit the follow button on Twitch. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the follow button on Twitch. And uh, I will be going live tomorrow on Tuesday, the first day of October, to talk about the Red Sox offseason. Because today, this morning, uh, as I'm actually recording this, the Red Sox are doing a press conference today. Uh, They haven't started the press conference yet as I'm recording this, but they will be starting that soon. Over at Fenway, uh, Alex Cora is going to speak. And also, Sam Kennedy, president and CEO Sam Kennedy, he's going to speak to the media. Also speaking to the media today, assistant general managers Brian O'Halloran and Eddie Romero. So the Red Sox are going to talk to the media today. Uh, That's another reason why I'm not doing the Red Sox stuff today. I'll do it tomorrow on the live stream. But, uh, you know, John Henry and Tom Warner, they're not going to speak today. Now, John Henry did speak on Friday. 
He talked to the media on Friday. He talked about the team wanting to get under the $208 million luxury tax threshold. And, you know, I have a lot of questions and criticisms about what John Henry had to say, but I'm going to wait and see what the organization says today at this end-of-the-season press conference at Fenway. They're holding it this morning on this Monday morning, and I will do it tomorrow on the live stream. So please join me for that, and please give me a call because I know you have thoughts on what the Red Sox should do with Mookie Betts. You know, for all the people that tweet me and email me and tell me, oh, we wish you were still on the radio, we could call in. Well, no excuse. Call in to my live stream. We have multiple phone lines open at once. You can call in, get your voice heard, get on the show. Let's go. Put your money where your mouth is. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on DPS Live. But for now, let's get to some football because we're going to wrap up week four tonight on Monday Night Football with Pittsburgh hosting Cincinnati. Oh, what a game this should be, huh? (laughs) Two winless teams. Pittsburgh a three-point favorite at home as they host the Bengals. Are you even going to watch? I mean, I watched Sunday Night Football last night between New Orleans and Dallas, and man, that was supposed to be a great game, even with no Drew Brees. Even with no Drew Brees. Dallas had looked like, and I told you last week, what I felt Dallas was going into this game, which was the most complete team top to bottom in the NFL outside of the Patriots. And then they look like that last night in New Orleans against a Saints rush defense that was allowing 130 rush yards a game. And they still couldn't get anything done. And it was just so predictable. Like everything that Dallas was doing was so predictable. But man, you're watching that game. And I, you you do have to tip your cap to the defenses. I get it. Tip your cap to what New Orleans defense was able to do because Dallas's offenses look great so far, right? Dallas's offenses look great. And. You know, for New Orleans defense to hold Dallas to 10 points and New Orleans beating Dallas 12-10, um, tip the cap to the defenses in this game. But you're watching this game, and it's so frustrating because it, it almost feels like these offenses didn't practice all week. It Like, it's just... No, nobody could get in a rhythm, and anytime there was someone who looked like they were getting in a rhythm, rhythm offensively, there was a penalty flag to set it back. Just a just a tough game to watch. And this one tonight on Monday night isn't going to be any prettier. I can tell you that. The one on Sunday night last night was supposed to be a fun game to watch, and it wasn't. It wasn't. So tonight, Pittsburgh, Cincy, are you going to watch it? Well, it, it really shouldn't factor into anything because they're both 0-3 heading into this one. Uh, so let's get to the stuff that mattered. Now, my picks in week four, another bad week. Back-to-back, bad weeks with my picks against the spread. I got off to a great start through the first two weeks. I went 7-3 and three through the first two weeks of the NFL season against the spread. Last week in week three, I went 1-4. and four. I told you I was going to bounce back in week four this weekend. I did not. I went 1-4 and four again for the second straight week. My record on the season now with picks picks is 9-11 and 11 against the spread. Um... I guess this is just this is the way it works, right? This is the NFL. It's a dumb league. And just when you think, just when you think you know everything about the league, just when you think you know all the teams that, you know, have put their foot down and 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 made a statement and said, we are here as one of the undefeated teams, and we're gonna be an elite team this season, and we're gonna beat the teams we should beat. Just when you think you know about the top teams in the league. You got no idea. And that goes for Dallas last night in New Orleans. That goes for Dallas last night in New Orleans. Dallas has to win that game. New Orleans does not have Drew Brees. Dallas's defense held them to 12 points in their own building. That's on Dallas's offense. And, you know, that that's just... That, but that's the perfect example of this being a dumb league. This being an ugly league. This being a league in which us here in New England need to appreciate and embrace everything that we have and have had with the New England Patriots for the last 20 years. Now, I know it wasn't pretty for the Patriots on Sunday in Buffalo, and I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But still, I I mean, every once in a while, you're going to get those games. In the divi- if you're the Patriots, in the division, on the road, against a good defensive team. I mean, we, we see it all the time. 
You're going to get one like that. You're going to. You might even get another one like that, right? Who knows? You might go to the Jets in week seven, and you might struggle to put up points in that game. You might. I'm not going to rule that out or overreact if that happens. You might. That might happen. That's just the way this thing works. But for Dallas on Sunday Night Football in New Orleans against a Saints team that has their backup quarterback, you hold them to 12 points in their own building, and you only score 10 points, and your offense looks horrible in the process after, for the first three weeks, it looked phenomenal. It, it, it's just a dumb league. Just when you think you know everything, you know nothing. And one, I went one and four with my picks. Uh, I, I did have Dallas, minus two and a half. I did. But, you know, it's funny. So I go into the Sunday night game, and I'm like, eh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little tease, a little parlay. I'm going to tease Dallas and the over. So when I tease it, the over goes down to, went down to four. I get the over down to 41. I'm like, there'll be some points. Dallas is going to put up some points. They're going to put up some points. And then basically, I think I had Dallas plus three and a half and the over. And (laughs) it was a 12 to 10 game. And Dallas, uh, I guess, you, you know, they covered for me, but I didn't get the over. I didn't get the over. But with regards to my picks, 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 I took Dallas minus two and a half. I was confident they'd go to New Orleans and win this game by more than two and a half. And they lost by two. 12 to 10. <laughs> Just a stupid game, wasn't it? Just a stupid game. Uh, so that was one of my losses. Dallas minus two and a half. I took the Patriots minus seven. For the second straight week, the Patriots do not cover the spread. They did not cover the spread against the Jets in week three. They do not cover the spread against Buffalo. Um, So the Patriots, they win by six. They don't cover the minus seven, so I lose that. Kansas City. I had Kansas City minus six and a half in Detroit. Kansas City wins the game. One final drive. This game was back and forth. And, you know, what you're learning about Kansas City and what I've been trying to tell you the last couple weeks is they their defense is just I mean you can score on their defense. I don't know why you would be scared of Kansas City's defense. It's just can you stop Mahomes that one extra time? Can can you stop Mahomes once? Detroit late in this game, it was back and forth. You know, Kansas City gets the ball back and they got to come down and score a touchdown in the final minute and a half. And I think they converted a big fourth down play to Kelsey and they get it down and they run it in for a touchdown and Kansas City wins the game. However, they don't win by six and a half, so they don't cover. Kansas City wins in Detroit, but they don't cover the six and a half. And I lose that game. My other loss, my fourth loss, was my lock of the week. And now I'm two and two with my lock of the week. I took Houston minus four over Carolina with their backup quarterback. And I know last week I was calling him a rookie, undrafted, an undrafted rookie in quarterback Kyle Allen, who was, uh, who is and has been taken over for the injured Cam Newton. Cam Newton with a foot injury. Kyle Allen taken over. Kyle Allen looked great last week. Uh, he, you know, he was okay, I guess, against Houston. I didn't get to watch too much of this game, but I saw some. And, you know, this is... In Houston, the Texans get score 10 points in this game. And uh, that's a head-scratcher to me. That's a head-scratcher. You know, that's really a head-scratcher for Houston. I-, I thought Houston in their own building win by a touchdown at least against Carolina. Especially, it's not one of those games where Carolina, you know, went off offensively. They only scored 16 points. I'm surprised Houston didn't score more than this. But last week, I was calling Kyle Allen a rookie. It's his second year in the league. But if he feels like a rookie, isn't he? Isn't he technically still a rookie? Whatever. Either way, I got this game wrong, too. It was my lock. Houston minus four. I can't believe that. They only put up 10 points at home in this one. I've bought into Houston. I bought into Houston's offense. But once again, just when you think you know everything about the league... They go out, and at home, they only score 10 points. A lot of people talking about all the road teams that won this week. I'm not surprised when road teams win in this league. You shouldn't be surprised either. I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all when I see a road team win. I was surprised to see Carolina win in Houston, though. I was. I really was. Um, 
But that's what happened. My only win of the week was Cleveland plus seven in Baltimore. Cleveland, a big win for the Browns. And Baltimore for the second straight week. They lose. They lost to Kansas City last week. Now they lose to Cleveland. Baltimore's only wins. You know, everyone was high on Baltimore, high on Lamar Jackson. What did I tell you? I told you to pump the brakes on it. You know, they need to prove something against a good team. They beat Miami and they beat Arizona. They could not be Kansas City and they could not be Cleveland. So everyone needs to take it easy with Baltimore. Uh, Cleveland, this was definitely, you know, this was a message sender from them. I believe that. Cleveland's a good team. They've done a lot of talking. Too much talking. And even though they lost to the Rams last week, I told you they only held the Rams to 20 points. And they should have won that game, if not for some terrible play calling on, on Cleveland's part. And some bad clock management at the end of that game. I mean, hey, but Cleveland, they cover for me. They're the only team that covered for me in week four. And so I'll be back on Thursday with more picks to hopefully bounce back. But man, sometimes this league can be stupid. It really can. It can be a stupid league. But um and 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 you know that stupidity ended on Sunday night football with the Cowboys offense going out and looking like that. I, I can't I honestly can't believe it. I mean they they made me look like a fool. I've been talking them up and then they go out and they look like that. Dak Prescott looking as confident. I mean, he. There was so many. There's so many times in this game last night he was changing the play at the line of scrimmage. I. I don't know what he was changing it into because it never worked. Maybe he should have not changed the play. I mean, they might. Maybe they take that right away from him and they say, "Hey, Dak, stop changing the play," because you didn't. You, you did it a hundred times last night and it didn't work once. And it was just so predictable on Dallas's part offensively. It was so predictable. And um, it was a tough game to watch. But, hey, uh, the top stories in week four. I have, I have five. The top five stories in week four. Number one, I think this is the top story in week four. I didn't bet this game. Though, I guess you could say I did because I took one of these teams in my survivor pool, which I am now out of. I am now eliminated, okay, in my survivor pool. I took the Rams in my survivor. At home, no-brainer. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have just lost to the Giants. Again, talk about thinking you know everything about the league and then knowing nothing at all, as it turns out a week later. The top story in week four is that the defending NFC champion Rams lose at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 55 to 40. 55 to 40. That was the score of this game. The Rams lose. And and the Rams kept battling back. They just couldn't make a stop defensively. Like, what was going on there? I have no idea. I have no idea. The, the, whatever the Rams' defense was doing yesterday in this game at home, they were making Jameis Winston, they were making the Buccaneers' offense look like look like Mahomes and the Chiefs. It was embarrassing. So the Rams, you know, this is a team that, I mean, a, a lot of people, I think including myself, thought that they could really get, you know, they have a great chance to get back to the Super Bowl. Um. But here they are now. An undefeated team. This is a this is a guaranteed win. Like this is an easy win. If you're in a survivor pool, I'd like to know how many people in my pool picked the Rams yesterday. Probably a lot. And not only did they lose, they lost at home. They lost to the Buccaneers. And they lost when they scored 40 points. They let up 55 points. That is embarrassing. Like, what is going on? What is going on in this league? For this to happen. It's incredible. And I was watching that game. Back and forth. And the Rams. Like they just kept scoring. They kept coming back. And and then they just kept letting Tampa Bay drive down and score. And, and you know nail the big play. Making the Buccaneers look like the Chiefs. So the Rams first loss of the season. 
But this is, you know, I shouldn't be that surprised. This is typical NFL. This is typical bad football, typical stupid football. Stupid because the Buccaneers should never, they should never be able to go into L.A. and beat the Rams. Never. Not with this Rams team. They should never be able to win this game. They just lose to the Giants. The Rams are 3-0. and Defending NFC champion. You know, this is going to come back and bite the Rams. Looking for that one seed, looking for to, looking to get the home game in the NFC Championship, they have a real chance to do that. This is this one's going to come back and hurt them. This one is. It's going to come back and hurt them. And I, and you know, I hope it does. I hope it does because you can't you can't be a Super Bowl contender and lose at home to the Buccaneers when you score forty points. Man, that to me, this is the top story. Because the Rams, you think they're hungry, they lose in the Super Bowl, all right, they get off to a 3-0 start, here come the Rams again, lose at home to the Buccaneers in week four, score 40 points, let up 55, that's a joke. That's a top story to me. That's a top story to me. Rams lose at home, and now they're 3-1, and one, and that's going to hurt them. That's going to hurt them. That's going to hurt them. I mean, that could, that could be the difference for the Rams. This loss against Tampa Bay could be the difference in a first-round bye, or a wild card. Honestly. A first round buyer and a wild card. It's, it could be the difference. But it's just stupid. How do you lose to Tampa Bay? It's a joke. Uh, number two story of the week. Uh, I guess you could kind of mix this one into it. Mix number one into it. The undefeated teams that lose. The previously 3-0 and teams. The Rams. Uh, you had Buffalo that was 3-0. They lose to the Patriots. Dallas 3-0, I mentioned them. They lose to New Orleans. And Green Bay, they were 3-0. and And they lose on Thursday night football to the Eagles. To the Eagles in Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, the body language, he just loves his... He loves using body language to blame everybody else but himself. It's always someone else's fault when it's Aaron Rodgers' body language. It is so infuriating to watch him, right? So infuriating. He's got like the the body language is like this pompous uh, eye, like he rolls his eyes at everything, right? Oh, it's 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 gross. Aaron Rodgers, it's never his fault, according to him. It, and it wasn't his fault on on that interception at the end. <laughs> That wasn't his fault. Someone else did something. Wasn't his fault. But Green Bay loses. Just when you think Green Bay is back as one of these elite undefeated teams, they lose at home to the Eagles. Uh, an Eagles team that the week before lost to the Lions. More stupidity in the NFL. Story number three. Cleveland puts up 40 in a win in Baltimore. Suddenly, here come the Browns. But really, this number three, you know, story number three, is, and as I mentioned going over my picks, I, I took Cleveland to win this. I took them plus seven. It's really maybe about Baltimore. Think about all the people that were so high on Lamar Jackson, praising him. Oh, he loves throwing the football. Oh, see, everybody thought, you know, he was just going to be a running quarterback. Well, he likes throwing the football. Love throwing the early praise at Lamar Jackson. Love it. You know why they want him to be? People want Lamar Jackson to be a great quarterback. But he's got to beat a great team first, and he has yet to do that this season. And and this was a game, I mean, this is a divisional game. In your own building, it's a tough loss for Baltimore. And you let up 40 points. Eh. At home, Divi- AFC North, eh. Tough. And now Baltimore, I think, is getting exposed a little bit for what they really are. I, I, I... I don't think they're this powerhouse. I don't think Lamar Jackson is this elite quarterback that people wanted to crown him as after two wins to begin the season. One against the lowly Miami Dolphins and another against the lowly Arizona Cardinals. Two teams that might end up being the worst teams in football this season. So, um, you know, I told you to pump the brakes on Lamar Jackson and Cleveland, I think, proved me right on that one yesterday. Putting up 40 in Baltimore. Story number four, Mitch Trubisky injures his shoulder in a win over Minnesota. The Bears win the game, and Chicago's 3-1, and one, and so they're tied for first place with Green Bay now in that division. Uh, but the story is Mitch Trubisky injures the shoulder 
early in the game. Chase Daniel replaces him. But I'm wondering now, you know, this is maybe, this may be the injury that we hear Eli Manning news. Like, I'm waiting for the quarterback injury for a team that has a chance to get to the playoffs that is going to be interested in Eli Manning, or maybe Eli Manning might be interested in playing for. Because the Giants win again yesterday, and Eli's just now on the sideline as the backup, the veteran backup. But you know he probably thinks he's got some football left in him. And I've been talking about this for a couple weeks, that once Eli gets a sense that this is now officially Daniel Jones' team as Giants quarterback, and Eli's not getting thrown back in there. At what point does Eli say, eh, I think I can still play this year? And and maybe it's going to take an injury for a team that has a chance to make the playoffs that isn't really sold on their backup. Are the Bears sold on Chase Daniel? We'll find out. We'll see what they do uh, the next couple weeks. But I'm wondering if this is the injury. Trubisky, now I don't... As I record this today, I don't know if Trubisky is out. I don't know how long he's out for. He's going to miss some time. It's his non-throwing shoulder, which is obviously good news. Better news than if this injury was with his throwing shoulder because then you might be talking about him being out for the season. I don't know that he's out for the season, but I think he is going to be out extended period of time. We'll have to see how long that is. And depending on what that diagnosis is, depending on how the Bears feel about Chase Daniel. I wonder if the Eli rumors, if there'll be Eli Manning rumors. I'm just waiting for those because I think they're going to come up. I think it's going to happen. Those rumors are going to, they're going to get floated out there. Whether they're going to be true or not, someone's going to float those out there. The Manning family is not just going to sit back and and have no say in this. I just don't believe that. I just don't believe they are going to sit back and be quiet about Eli being a backup and Peyton is doing laundry commercials. I'm telling you right now, we are going to hear Eli Manning rumors. It's just where are we going to hear Eli Manning rumors to? Is it going to be Jacksonville? Well, Gardner Minshew, I questioned him, but he led the Jaguars down on a final drive that led to a game-winning field goal against Denver yesterday. And so... Are you going to replace him with Eli Manning? Probably not. We make the connection for a reason because of Tom Coughlin and his role in the organization in Jacksonville. But, I mean, I just think that right now, if you're Jacksonville, you can't make that move. Minshew drives him down. You're in Denver. You get the win with the game-winning field goal. Minshew sets you up, puts you in field position. Because when Denver scores that touchdown with what? A minute, minute and a half left. You're thinking that's the game in Denver. And then Minshew has sort of his moment. Now, there was a penalty there that was questionable that helped him out a little bit. But, you know, when, you get, when it gets down to it, Jacksonville, I, I don't know, I don't think they're that team right now that's looking for Eli. But somebody will be, or at least Eli will be looking at someone and saying, maybe Eli sees a Trubisky injury, Eli's agent, Eli's father. All of a sudden, they get together and say, eh, can we play for Chicago? I'm telling you, it's going to happen. They are not... The Manning family is not going off. They're just not going to sail into, into the sunset right now. They're going to be heard from again. They are going to be heard from again. I just wonder where. Maybe it could be Chicago. What's up with Minnesota? Are they going to trade Stephon Diggs? You know, Kirk Cousins. Uh, they gave Kirk Cousins the big money. But Minnesota not able to get it done. Six points in Chicago. Now, in fairness to Minnesota, that Bears defense is something else. That Bears defense is something else. So, uh, do you want to overreact to that? Do you want to overreact to that? Eh, I I don't know that we should overreact to that. But still, the Stephon Diggs trade rumors, something to keep an eye out for, uh, especially with the Patriots offense. Again, I'll get to the Patriots offense in a moment, but uh, the fifth the top five, I'm giving the top five stories of week four. Number five has to be the AFC South. I mentioned Houston losing at home to Carolina. Tough loss. Um, Indianapolis, they lose as well. Um, the Indianapolis Colts are now two and two, but 
The Colts lose at home to Oakland. And then you got Jacksonville with the win, as I told you, over Denver and Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans going into Atlanta and beating the Falcons. And you got four teams in the AFC South at 2-2. and And I honestly thought, you know, as this season played out, for Indy, Andrew Luck retires, calls it quits. For Jacksonville, Nick Foles gets hurt out indefinitely. Tennessee, just doing what Tennessee's going to do, being inconsistent. And Houston, I looked at them and I said, ah, this is a Houston, this is their division, this is their year. You saw it, you know, they went into L.A. and beat the Chargers like that. Um, They had that week one close loss to New Orleans. But, you know, still, they showed you something in that game that was like, well, Houston is, you know, Houston's still for real, right? Houston's for real. Uh, But that's just a tough loss. For Houston. And you have four teams in that division of two and two. And um, I honestly thought it would be Houston's division to win. But they're, they're going to keep that thing interesting. So those are the top five stories. And, and of course, locally, the Patriots defeat the Bills 16-10. I mean, you're going to get the overreactions. People are going to want to make the Patriots offense a top story. And the concerns about the Patriots offense a top story. But it's going to be an overreaction. All week long, you're going to hear the overreaction. And it's an overreaction because that is a very good Buffalo Bills defense. In a divisional road game. In a loud, hostile environment in Buffalo. It's If you hear people panicking and complaining and seeming overly concerned about the Patriots offense this week, it'll be an overreaction. Tell them that. Tell them to not hit the panic button. It's okay. And, you know, you'll get some knuckleheads who'll be like, well, they should have Antonio Brown. I tell you what, I don't know that Antonio Brown would have made a difference yesterday. I really don't. You know who would have made a difference? And I tweeted this out as well. You can follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. You know who would have made a difference when the Patriots got into the red zone? Rob Gronkowski. The interception that Brady threw. The interception that he threw. Third and goal from the two-yard line. Where's he going? You know, imagine if you had Gordon and Gronk. You could throw it up to Gronk. I mean, they miss Gronk in those situations. Way more than Antonio Brown. I mean, come on. The Patriots miss Gronk yesterday in the red zone. They do. They miss Gronk in the red zone. And that's why I told you I'm I'm not going to keep going back and thinking about, well, Antonio Brown, should they have cut him? Should they not have cut him? Let's move on from Antonio Brown. He played one game in the Patriots organization. He was a blip on the radar. He's a nothing, nobody to the success and the history of this franchise. Let's move on from him. But Gronk, we know over an extended period of time just how dominant he was, just how much they relied on him, especially in the red zone, and not even just with the pass game. Not even just with the pass game. With the run game. Blocking. Rob Gronkowski would have been huge in the red zone yesterday. And missing Gronk leads to that Brady interception. It does. It does. Brady throws that pick. That's one of those picks you're like, oh, Brady doesn't throw these. Like, you just saw that guy. You're like, don't throw it, don't throw it. Oh, no! Like, you saw the interception before the ball even left Brady's hand. As he sort of went, as Brady went to his right. And you saw that guy standing right there. That's that's an interception that we watch other idiot quarterbacks make every single week. And we're like, Brady never makes that play. But he made it yesterday. And they miss Gronk in that moment. They miss Gronk in that moment. Um, But still... I'm 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 still not panicking about the Patriots offense because I do think we need to acknowledge that Buffalo is a very good defense. Buffalo was three and all. They and and you know, that's a that's a tough road division game. That's what it is. That's what it was. You know, Patriots took a 13-0 lead in the first quarter, thanks to the Brandon Bolden touchdown. Now you got the Guskowski Guskowski's missing another extra point. Is it the yips? Is it in his head? Or is it the hold? I don't I hope it's the hold. I don't think it's the hold, though. And the more this continues, I think it's in his head. 
Uh, it's good to see him bounce back and actually hit one afterwards and then hit a field Like, it's good to see that he doesn't miss the first one and then miss three in a row after that. I guess that's a good thing. So he can turn it around in a game <laughs> quickly. But it's just, stop missing the first one. Stop missing the first one. Stop missing the first one. But you get that touchdown, the Bolden touchdown. Nice little trickery there, it seemed. Love the play call. Then you get the J.C. Jackson block punt. Matthew Slater snags that, runs in him for a touchdown. Good for Matthew Slater. How do you not feel good about Matthew Slater? Good for him, right? Happy for him. Matthew Slater gets the touchdown. Patriots have a 13-0 lead in the first quarter. I told you, second quarter, they get that third and goal from the two, the Brady interception. They miss Gronk more than anything in that spot. Uh, Buffalo began the second half with a drive that was way too easy. And for a Patriots defense that we've been praising and calling, you know, did such a dominant defense, this wasn't really the drive I was expecting Buffalo to go on. It wasn't. It wasn't. And it, but because Buffalo made this look easy to begin the second half. They made that look easy. A 75-yard touchdown drive, and the Patriots defense defense lets up a touchdown. The first touchdown the defense let up since last year's AFC Championship. You had Josh Allen reaches over the goal line and gets that touchdown. Makes it 13 to 10. It cuts cuts the Patriots lead down to 13-10. And then the Patriots get the huge goal line stand at the beginning of the fourth, which forced a turnover on downs. It looked like a Patrick Chung interception. Ends up that he didn't catch it, and the Patriots had to take over at their, what, two or three-yard line? But still, that's just a, a huge defensive stop. Now, they were going up against the backup quarterback, though, and Matt Bockley at that moment. And, you know, say what you want about Bockley, but people are going to be talking about the hit that knocked Allen out of the game. John Jones with that hit. And I'm going to tell you how I felt about it. I feel the same way today as I did yesterday in the moment live, and even after slowing down and watching the replay. But you know what we do? The easiest thing to do is to slow this down and look at the replay. And I don't think you can judge it on that, on a slow-motion replay. I don't think you can judge hits like this with the slow-motion replay. I think you need to watch it in real time, and I think you need to come up with a judgment, you know, the first three times you watch it. If you watch it 25 times, you might see something. That's not the way this thing's called. It's real-time, it's a reactionary play by John Jones. It was not the type of hit that Perfect made yesterday, which might get Perfect suspended for the season. That hit he made yesterday, that Oakland Indy game? Man, Montez Perfect, what in the world was that? He might. He should go to jail for that hit. <laughs> he, he literally tried to kill the guy. That's not what John Jones did. John Jones, and if, you know, here's the problem I have with the with a lot of these helmet-to-helmet hits. Like, there are some helmet-to-helmet hits that are clear and obvious in which a guy launches his helmet first into someone. But then there's just the logical, well, here's a guy in John Jones in a defensive back who's trying to put a shoulder in to somebody who has the football who's coming at him full speed. And I don't know if you know anything about the human body, but (laughs) the shoulder is connected to the neck, which the head is connected to the neck. So when you go to hit someone with your shoulder, your helmet is going to be somewhat involved in that hit. It just seems like an obvious thing. I shouldn't even have to explain that to you, but it does need to be explained to some people. And so John Jones, when he goes to make the hit, you could say, well, he hit him with the helmet. Yeah, but when you try to hit with your shoulder, you know, this is the way the body is, <laughs> your helmet's going to hit first. To me, John Jones was just trying to make a hit with his shoulder and his helmet got involved. And, and you know what? I blame the quarterback. I, when we get into the hockey season, you're going to hear me say this again. And I've said it before. There are a lot of hits in the NHL that I blame the guy with the puck. I blame the guy who puts himself in a position where he's not protecting himself. And I will say the same thing about the quarterback and Josh Allen. You're a quarterback. 
They literally made a rule for you, for all quarterbacks, in which they allow you to just slide and no one can hit you. And instead, you're running full speed up the middle of the field and you're not sliding, that's on you. You're opening yourself up to a big hit. And when you open yourself up to a big hit and a guy looks to make a big hit with his shoulder like John Jones wanted to do, there's a possibility that there's going to be helmet-to-helmet contact. I, I don't consider that a vicious, illegal hit by John Jones. Did it result in helmet-to-helmet contact? Yeah. But I, res, a hit that results in helmet-to-helmet contact isn't always an illegal hit. It's not. And I don't think the Jones hit was illegal. I think you try to lead with a shoulder. And when you lead with your shoulder, your helmet is also something that, that you lead with. That's just, that's just how this thing works. <laughs> and uh, I blame Allen. You know, slide. You don't want to take that hit. You don't want to get knocked out of the game. Slide. Take advantage of the rule that the league gives you. They give you a rule in which you don't have to take a hit if you do want to run up the field. Slide. Now, I know there was a guy on his back and grabbing his legs, but did it look like Allen was getting ready to slide anyways? No. And so it was a stupid play by the kid. And he kind of had a stupid game. Couple interceptions, you know, and and couple dumb throws. I don't think anyone was expecting Josh Allen to lead the Bills to victory. Uh, you know, the question is, should, what would have happened if Allen was leading the way uh, on that huge Patriots goal line stand at the beginning of the fourth quarter, in which it was Matt Bockley running the show and he throws that final ball? Um, you know, when we look at those plays, the John Jones hit on Josh Allen that took him out of the game. You want to know a play I thought that was a dumber hit than that? I thought the Van Noy penalty when he hit Bockley from behind after that. Bockley doesn't have the ball. They hand it off. What did they they run like an end around or a trick play or something? Bockley didn't have the ball. And Van Noy just comes from behind and crushes him. I thought that was a... And it's a penalty. It results in a Bills first down. That was a dumber play than the John Jones hit, in my opinion. It was. But Patriots defense, they make the huge stand at the beginning of the fourth, and uh, they get the turnover on downs, and the Patriots win the game 16-10. It wasn't pretty. Some people are going to panic this week. I'm not going to be one of those people that panics because they still got, you know, Edelman's had a couple big drops the last couple games. He has. uh, He did play. There There were concerns. He left last week's game with the rib injury. Test results were negative. But still, there was almost, you know, they were hesitant to throw Edelman the ball, it looked like, early in the game. And I was just wondering what that was about. Um, you know, but Ed, if Edelman can get healthy, Gordon, Dorsett, again, you can't ignore what Buffalo's defense is. That's a good defense. That's a good defense. You're missing pieces with the offensive line. Um... You know, when you get in the red zone, you're going to miss Gronk. You missed Gronk yesterday in the red zone. You're going to miss him again in the red zone. That's just what's going to happen. Now, I guess the good thing for the Patriots is Ben Watson is returning from a four-game suspension. It was a four-game PED suspension. He's going to return. Patriots are in Washington. They're in D.C. on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Now, I mean, the Patriots, for all the concerns you're going to see this week, the Patriots will probably go into Washington and score 50 points. Right, they'll probably put up fifty in Washington. Washington's no good. They ended up going to the rookie in Haskins yesterday. Uh, Washington might have a new coach for this game. I don't even know. Will they fire Jay Gruden? Maybe before this game. Maybe Patriots will whoop Washington. Then they got the Giants. Then they got the Jets. Then it's that Week Eight game against Cleveland that I think I got my eye on. But I also have my eye on Gronk watch. Because you get back to the red zone offense yesterday. And I know people tweeted me and they said, well, it's not just the red zone offense. It's it's all the Patriots offense. Well, I guess so. Yeah. But that's a good defense. Right? That's a tough defense. And it's in their building. I, I just, to panic about one game, the Patriots are 4-0. Um, I, I'm just not going to panic about it. I'm not. Gordon, Edelman, 
Dorsett. I mean, that, that three right there is, that's better than a lot of teams in the NFL. You know, once you get a little deeper into the season, if you can get Isaiah Wynn back as you left tackle, uh, you can figure out some things with the offensive line. I just, I'm not panicking about the Patriots. I'm not panicking about them. Some people are going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Brady didn't have a great day. 18 of 39 for 150 yards, no touchdowns. That one interception that was just brutal. Uh, but I'm on Gronk watch because I'm wondering if some point, you know, if it, if you get a couple more games like this, and I'm not saying you will, but if you do, Brady will make the call to Gronk. He will. He will. He'll make the call to Gronk. I'm telling you it's going to happen. The question is, what will Gronk say on that phone call? I think Gronk, it's only a matter of time till we hear another Gronk rumor. It is. It's only a matter of time. It, it, it'll take one more struggling offensive day from the Patriots, even if they win the game. It'll take one more of these. For people to start wondering, what's Gronk up to? And I say people, not just us, not just me, not just fans, not just media, but the Patriots. What's Gronk up to? It's going to take one more of these offensive games. One more. Um, Another thing to keep an eye out for moving forward is, it's on the defensive side, no Hightower, no Dante Hightower. He missed the game yesterday against the Bills, got the shoulder injury. Uh, Keep an eye on that and what his status is moving forward. But that is week four in the NFL in a nutshell. Again, the Patriots are in Washington Sunday at 1. And um, is anybody, you know, as concerned as you might be about the Patriots offense, are you really concerned that the Patriots are going to Washington and lose this game? You shouldn't be. Because Washington has no shot. <laughs> they have no shot. What's the, um, what's the spread for this right now, the opening spread? I'm looking right now at Bet Online. Right now it's 14 and a half. Patriots a 14 and a half point favorite in Washington. The over under 44 and a half. Patriots could score 50 on Washington. They could. They could score 50. Washington is a bad football team. They got whooped by the Giants yesterday. The Giants without Saquon Barkley. Washington's a bad team. And the Patriots should do damage in that game. Patriots if they go into Washington and and they and Brady is has those numbers 18 of 39 for 150 yards, zero touchdowns and one interception, then I think there's a reason to maybe scratch your head and go, what's happening here? What's going on with the offense? But that I don't think any of that's going to happen. I really don't. I don't think any of that's going to happen. Patriots are going to whoop Washington. And we will move on. And it'll be business as usual with the Patriots. But you will get your overreactions this week. You will. You'll get them. But those overreactions will not come from me. So moving on from the NFL, uh, getting into just my postseason baseball thoughts. Before I wrap it up, tomorrow on the live stream, as I said, I, I have a lot of thoughts on the Red Sox and the Mookie Bet situation and what's being said in the Red Sox organization. And I will, I I, I got some I have some things to say. And I want to know what you have to say too. So I want your calls on the live stream tomorrow. So please join me for that. But with regards to the postseason, though I guess this is kind of connected to the Red Sox because I told you last week when people were throwing out the rumor of Theo Epstein probably, not probably, but, you know, probably, I should say, probably thinking about leaving the Cubs. I told you, I think he's probably not. Theo Epstein, the rumor is that he would think about coming back to the Red Sox. And I told you that's not going to happen. I told you the next move that Theo's going to make is probably firing Joe Madden and figuring out who his new manager of the Cubs is going to be. And you know what? That's what they did. I got it right. They fired Joe Madden over the weekend. And uh, the Cubs not in the postseason. So Theo is not leaving Chicago. He's not coming to the Red Sox. And and that's that. The postseason starts on Tuesday. Here is what the schedule looks like. You get the National League wildcard game tomorrow on Tuesday at 8 o'clock on TBS. The Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers. In D.C. against the Washington Nationals. Brewers, Nationals, in D.C., 8 o'clock on TBS. Brandon Woodruff from Milwaukee going up against Max Scherzer. 
And then on Wednesday, the AL Wild Card, Tampa Bay in Oakland, the Rays and the Athletics. Tampa Bay is in Oakland at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Um, that's the AL Wild Card game. And then on Thursday is when the divisional series begin. The NLDS, both series in the NLDS, will begin on Thursday. Um, you'll get St. Louis in Atlanta, and then you'll get the winner of the wild card game in the NL, Milwaukee or Washington in LA against the Dodgers. I guess my prediction there will be, I'm going to take Max Scherzer. I don't know how you wouldn't in that game. And I'm going to say Washington goes to LA. So you get the NLDS, both of those series begin on Thursday. And then on Friday, you'll get both ALDS series. The Yankees will be hosting the twins in that ALDS, and then Houston, the one seed, will be hosting the winner of Tampa Bay and Oakland. I'll just say it's going to be Tampa Bay. That's my pick for that. Houston hosting Tampa Bay. And my preseason prediction was that the Milwaukee Brewers would win the World Series and they would beat the Yankees in the World Series. Brewers over Yankees in the World Series. That was my preseason prediction. Uh, I'm going to change that. And I'm going to change it. I have a right to change it because of injury. Christian Yelich out. Injured. Out for the season. Knee injury. Tough loss. I don't think there's any way the Brewers uh, are going to overcome that. And, you know, even if they beat Washington on the wild card, they'd have to play the Dodgers. They're not going to beat the Dodgers without their MVP. So um, I'm going to change my prediction. And I'm actually changing them in both leagues. So the ALCS, I'm going to take Houston over the Yankees. Houston's pitching. Yankees have pitching questions big time. Herman is out because he's got the domestic violence situation and Major League Baseball not going to let him play. Uh, He is done for the rest of the postseason. They do have Luis Severino back for the Yankees. We'll see what he does. I I think they have... Yankees got pitching questions. Houston does not. I'm taking Houston over the Yankees in the ALCS. And then the NLCS, I'm taking the Dodgers over the Braves. Sets us up for a World Series of Dodgers and Astros. And I think that this is going to be LA's year. They couldn't get it done against the Red Sox last year, but this year they will. I'm taking the Dodgers to win the World Series. It'll be their first World Series championship since 1988. Give me the Dodgers to win it all. Dodgers over the Astros in the World Series. Those are my postseason predictions in Major League Baseball. But whatever does happen, I will be watching and I will be reacting on this show. But when it comes to the Red Sox, no postseason. And there's a lot of stuff going on. I will sort that out tomorrow on the live stream. So please join me. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on Twitch. And subscribe to this show. Stay subscribed to this show. Or if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter at Danny Picard. Again, live stream tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I am out. Talk to you then.